Welcome to Life Tips, the show that offers expert tips and savvy advice to make life easier and more fun on the web and around the world. Life Tips President Byron White talks to the latest trendsetters about strategies to grow your business. Now, please welcome this week's Life Tips host, Byron White. Welcome, everyone, to today's show. We're um, here today with uh, Carol Castle, and I hope I pronounced your name right, Carol. Welcome to the show. All right. It's an unusual spelling, K-E-R-U-L. Yeah. So you can tell us about that in a second. But Carol is the author of a newly released book called Productive Procrastination, as well as the award-winning book called Stop Procrastinating Now. And also of interest to our to our new green theme, um, you're you're a, 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 a have a master's degree in social ecology, and you you like calling yourself a, a green home homeowner, <laughs> and living in an, an environmentally intelligent community. And I can't wait to learn more about your definition of, of an environmentally intelligent community. So welcome to the show today. Thanks for being on. Thanks, Byron. Glad to be here. <clears throat> Tell me a little bit about your interest in the art of procrastination, <laughs> which, which has encompassed us all. Yes. Well, just about everybody does it. But um, I started helping people get organized as a sort of moonlighting thing when I got bored with what I was doing, managing real estate and investments. And I found that I wanted to help people change their habits so they wouldn't be in the same yucky situation. And um, through the course of a course of study and experience with clients, I discovered that procrastination was a very common theme. And I realized that just helping people with the goals they told me they wanted wasn't good enough because lots of times there was something in the way. And sometimes it was a good thing that was in the way because not all procrastination is created equal. Mm-hmm. Some of it's good. <clears throat> so, pro- um, yeah, keep going. Go sure. ahead. Is, produ- is what? <clears throat> I was going to say, is is procrastination a a disease? For some people, procrastination is the symptom of a disease when it's really destructive, when they're losing something they can't afford to lose or really unwilling to lose, something they already have, you know, their house, their job, their wife, their husband, their children, you know, their their, uh, credit history is ruined, whatever, you know, that is. And for some people, some of those things are still not motivational enough because either they don't really care about that or maybe they're sabotaging something in order to start afresh. Uh Or maybe they are, you know, mentally ill, which is also a possibility. But I generally work with people who are mostly pretty normal folks and functioning relatively well. If people are really bad off in terms of procrastination, I refer them to a mental health professional. Tell me a little bit about some of the five radical strategies uh, that you talk about in, in your in your wonderful book, Stop Procrastinating Now, on sure. how, to, how to cure yourself and rid yourself of, of this, this evil. Well, uh, one of the first, uh, very first strategy is embrace your imperfection and stop trying to be normal, too. Because we're all, you know, the, the cultural norm for us these days is really unreasonable. You know, we all want to have more money than Bill Gates, and, and we all want to look like supermodels or, you know, movie star actors, and we all want to, um, you know, be uh, wise, and, you know, the expectations are just beyond sustainable or reasonable. And so we're, we're all a bit overwhelmed. I mean, just the choices and the opportunities and the overwhelming stimulus, stimuli that come into our lives. So... Um, I think I got off track with your question, but um, I'll just say that you know we're, we're all affected by it, but we but there are easy fixes 
for procrastination. Now, the, the, so first of all, in your mind, procrastination is something you can cure. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, and like I said before, not it's not all created equal. So destructive procrastination is something you can change if you want to. And then there's productive procrastination, which, you know, no need to change. You know, I talk with people all the time who tell me they do things at the last minute and they need to change it. And I ask them if they got whatever it was done on time. And they say yes, most people, not everyone. And then I ask them, was it with good enough quality? And they said, well, I would have liked to have gotten it better. And I said, but was it acceptable? And they said yes. And I said, well, it ain't broke, so don't bother fixing it. And that's just one small example of productive procrastination because in those first 11 hours, you know, with 11th hour people, they're doing other things. They're focusing on other priorities and probably the ideas for what they're going to do in the 11th hour are marinating and developing. Do you think that um, that that there there are easy ways to to manage your time more effectively? Is, is time management the issue here and establishing priorities and, you know, or, or yes, is there something much more deep, much deeper? Yeah, it goes, I mean, time management is certainly, there are easy techniques. Most people think time management is complex and they need to use, you know, special systems or processes, but it's really easy. It doesn't have to be hard because the harder it is, the less likely you are to use it or sustain using it. So... Um, time management can be as simple as in the morning you take a look at what is it you want to accomplish today. But it goes deeper because today is only today, and what do you really want in your life, and how are you going about getting that? Uh-huh. So you want to look ahead a bit more. So it's really just thinking about you know planning out what do, you, what do I want my life to look like and what do I need to do in order to get there bit by bit by bit. And um, it goes deeper because a lot of people have of goals that are, I talk about goals and objectives and intentions. So a goal is, say, you know, exercising. And the objective is maybe to lose weight. But the intention is to feel good about yourself. Mm-hmm. You see the, the difference between the three? Definitely. So you've got the goal, which is just sort of a, a task or a set of tasks toward the objective. But behind the objective lies an intention. And so it could be that the intention is better served in some other way. You know, maybe it's you want to spend more time with your kids, and so in order to do that, you feel like you need to earn more money so that you can take more time off. But that may be a misplaced goal and a misplaced objective even, because if you want to spend more time with your kids, it's possible you could do that now without working more to earn more and spend more time away from your kids. Yeah, tell us about productive procrastination because I uh, this this lo- sounds like a very different spin on the stop procrastination now from what you've discussed so far. Yeah, and it's very liberating. Whenever people hear about it, they're like, "Oh my, I feel so much better." So uh, what I what I found was um, when I would talk to people about what was on their to do list or what they wanted to do, that half the things that they say they should be doing, they probably shouldn't be doing today or this week, maybe not even this year, maybe never. Because in the grand scheme of things, and compared to what their value, when they when they look at what their values are and what their priorities are, in an overall sense, rather than just in a sort of you know today kind of sense, then those things don't really matter enough to do. And sometimes it's just a matter of you know that you need to put it on your calendar for some time in the future. 
I remember I was talking with a woman who felt she was procrastinating about putting some photos into an album. She wanted to do this for her mother who was elderly and, and starting to get ill. But, um, you know, it, it was a lovely idea, but she was spending so much of her time growing her business, which was doing well, and taking care of her mother, that it wasn't something that was a big priority in comparison. Now, she could have handed the photos and the photo album to somebody else, and that could have taken care of it, but, you know, and those are options. You always have strategies. But to think, you know, you need to do this, and she thought she needed to, to do this photo album for her mother for her birthday, and that would have, as I said, been a lovely idea. But maybe it simply was a misplaced goal in comparison with the other things that were going on in her life. How has technology helped us manage ourselves better and, and, uh, and decrease the amount of procrastination that is affecting us and hurting us as far as our productivity is concerned? Well, it's funny, Byron, that you asked that because it's really a double-edged sword. Technology, you know, is supposed to free us from a lot of hassle and make our make our time more productive, but the amount of time people spend on email in particular and Internet surfing is huge and is a big time waster and results in a lot of procrastination. Mm-hmm. So um, you can use it either way. Mm-hmm. It has the potential to make you more productive, but... Um, some research has been done that says that for when you respond to email, every email that you send results in two emails back. Hmm. So every time you send emails, you are growing your email pile, your inbox. So I bet it's greater uh, email, than that. <laughs> yeah, and email is a great thing, but my suggestion is that you only check it two or three times a day for half an hour each. Maximum, because mm-hmm. it'll otherwise fill you know hours at a time. Mm-hmm. Have you and taken a look you, at? Oh, sorry, go no, ahead. please go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say before you open anything in your inbox, throw mm-hmm. away, delete everything you possibly can, mm-hmm. so that you're not left with a bunch of unread mail at the bottom. That you go through everything, maybe 50 emails. There's spam. There's newsletters you're not really going to read. There's a bunch of stuff you don't really need to reply to. Uh, don't even open it until you've deleted everything you can, and then open what's left. Have you had a chance to, to read Bit Literacy by Mark Hurst? No. And uh, spell it for me. It's what literacy? It's Bit, B-I-T, uh-huh. Literacy, L-I-T-E-R-A-C-Y, obviously. Uh-huh. Um, it's by Mark Hurst. Amazing book. Um, it. I would call it, I would, I would steal Seth Godin's uh, description of it, <laughs> Which, in which he says that this is this is the elements of style for the digital age, and what I like about the book, and I want your take on it because I think it would be kind of interesting to see how this this merges with with your with your whole theory because I think it's dead on with what you're talking about. <clears throat> but his theory, basically, the book is about um, how to manage you know emails and to dos and photos and diets and you know all of the stress that we have in our lives. Um, in in this new age, um, and what is the simplest, easiest way to do that? And he actually promotes this really super simple system um, that that I actually got so inspired by that my entire office now uses this system. I don't know if it's by choice. I don't know if I did a good thing to eliminate procrastination with anybody, but maybe you can be the judge of that. But the, the theory is you create a super simple task list every day. Uh-huh. And it, it's a digital task list, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and 
you can move things up or move things down or very quickly, almost instantaneously, hit checkboxes and redate things and move them off your list and move them to someday in the future. Uh-huh. And he actually encourages you to, 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 to push things out and to just focus on the things that you need to get done for the day mm-hmm. and move everything else out, even if it means problems. Then there's, there's some widget technology that allows you to move something up or move something down really quickly so you can uh-huh. establish your priorities. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've taken it to another level where we separate the meetings we have from a day from the tax, tasks that we want to complete for the day. Uh-huh. Um, it also gets really interesting in that um, when you get an email, for example, you can send it to your task list for a particular day. So you can mm-hmm. push it out and get it, get, get it out of your hair. Uh-huh. Right, it's amazing what this has done to my life. It's it's remarkable. What are your thoughts on it? Does it does it make sense it to you? Great. Does, it sounds it does. It sounds great. My only concern is that by pushing things out indefinitely, that you know, if there are things in your task list that you put there that you feel are important, if you keep on pushing them out, then you know, it depends on what the cost is to you for not doing it. If you keep on pushing something out and there's really no cost to you, you might as well just delete it. But um, if there is a cost to you and you keep on pushing it out, it could lead to procrastination or it could right. become procrastination. But if it's right. working for you and it's made a really real big difference in your life, you know, every tool and every system um, can be used wonderfully. It has its merits, it, yeah. You know, exactly. And, and it depends on the person who's using it. I think the big thing is you, you check something off and it stays on your list for that day so you can mm-hmm. keep a nice hierarchical order and look at your productivity in the course of a day. Mm-hmm. That's, that's one of the big features. The other feature is when I leave the day and I see lots of check marks, it makes me feel good, you know? Yeah, sure. You know, Absolutely. it's like that's what's missing. I think you hit mm-hmm. the nail on the head with, with your philosophies and, and strategies in that we're just so overwhelmed. You know, we're trying to be superheroes here. Right, and and in our in our in our paper task lists are so massive that it's yeah. just hard to even get a grip on things. So you feel depressed, and the depression leads to productivity problems, which lead to right. feeling like you have to conquer the world. That's right. why this super simple system, bit literacy. I'm telling you, right. it's 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 really interesting. <clears throat> but tell me. I want to uh, let's take a station break actually for a minute, and then let's come back. And I'd love to chat with you about your thoughts um, on, on on being a green homeowner and, and your environmental intelligence. And I want to also come back to the to the productivity issue. And I want you to let our readers know how they can get a hold of of, of your new book and your other book as well. So back Great. everyone with a, after a station break. We'll be right back at you. Life tips on WebmasterRadio.fm. We'll be back with more cool tips and advice right after these commercial messages. Welcome back to our coverage of the 17th Annual Golf Invitational, brought to you by SureHits.com. When looking for the right ad network, there seem to be unlimited choices. Go with the only network that targets the insurance industry, SureHits.com. Let's head down to the fairway. Here we are at the 18th hole. Odd choice for Ken Mitchum to not go with SureHits.com here. I mean, they are the only ad network that targets the insurance industry. Definitely a strange choice to not pick the best option for publishers in the finest category, but, oh, here's a swing. Oh, look out, folks. Terrible slice into the woods. Jeff Burns now stepping up to the fairway. And it looks like he's already chosen SureHits.com. Clearly the best choice since they pay more for quality traffic. And the swing. Oh, my. He crushes it. When getting ready to make your drive, go with a sure thing. SureHits.com. For insurance, it's SureHits. 
can you believe how long it takes to order food here? Uh, here we go. Excuse me. She's not even looking over here. Great service is hard to come by. Whether you're sitting at a bar, restaurant, or creating effective search advertising campaigns. Um, excuse me. I think we need to go somewhere else. It's easy to feel forgotten, especially when your advertising budget is on the line. LookSmart serves up to 400 million queries a day with a side of the best customer service in the online advertising industry. Hi, how are y'all doing today? What can I get you folks to eat? You were right. This place is so much better. LookSmart, premium and performance advertising solutions. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan from the Daily Searchcast. You know, we love bringing you the news every day, and that's made possible by the sponsorship of BruceClay.com. They've just made Inc. Magazine's list of the fastest-growing private businesses. They've exhibited and sponsored at my conferences from the very beginning. Bruce has got that long-standing search engine relationship chart, had been out there with the code of ethics, been a search engine expert in the field for ages. But did you know that Bruce Clay can do more than help you with just SEO? They can do PPC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding. Everything you need for success in the online marketplace, you can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years, offices worldwide, they've got answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Bruce Clay Incorporated. Affiliate marketing is changing rapidly. Stay ahead of the trends with Affiliate Marketing Insider. One of my old friends and also a leader in the industry, Chris Jones, who is the CEO and president of Pepper Jam. We have to be careful. We've known each other so long that I guess we can't just carry our personal conversations here in front of all your listeners, can we? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's not talk about those dance contests, okay? <laughs> Affiliate Marketing Insider. Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Find Webmaster Radio now on Facebook, MySpace, and Twitter. Add us today from the WebmasterRadio.fm homepage. And now back to Life Tips, the show that offers expert tips and savvy advice to make life easier and more fun. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, here's your host. Welcome back, everyone. I'm here with Carol Castle. Welcome back, Carol. Thanks. Uh, Let's see. So I wanted to dive in. I was just reading some interesting uh, promotions that uh, a wonderful PR person must have uh, put out for you, and I believe it's actually on your website, which is stopprocrastinatingnow.com, dot com, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of neat as well. The user should take a look at it. But uh, your your stop procrastinating now. Some of the some of the quotes are so fascinating. Um, I love I love this. You know how does how to stop taking yes for an answer, mm-hmm. right? That's how to give up strategy. on <laughs> how to give up on finishing. How to be normal? How being normal is crushing you. We spoke about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, the secret pain of people who do things immediately, and why you as a procrastinator are better off and much closer to getting things done than you think. Um, and uh, you need to drop your goals right now. <laughs> um, if you were to summarize quickly um, what what your book is all about and and how you think it can help people. Um, in either of your two books, and, and you know, maybe you could just give give some thoughts on that because um, I'm really I'm, I'm excited to to have some insight into that myself. Well, uh, first of all, I want to help relieve people of the idea that they're bad or wrong or stupid or lazy for not doing things. My belief is that we're all overwhelmed. We're dancing as fast as we can, and we're doing the best we can based on our experiences, our energy, and our knowledge. So um, most people, when they 
start reading these books, they, they're starting to feel relieved and liberated because when you feel bad about yourself or you feel bad about what you haven't done, it really it, it doesn't motivate you and inspire you to action. So it's not helping. You know, most people think they need to feel bad in order to guilt themselves into doing things, and that requires a lot of energy and a lot of struggle. And most people also think that it requires just willpower and discipline to get things done and to start new habits and, and maintain them. And discipline and willpower are fine, except they require a lot of effort. And usually, for most people, they're not that sustainable. So you're hearing that sustainability uh, theme from me a lot. So I offer some alternatives to make it easier for people to, uh, to get things done and also to help them understand that they're always making choices, even if they feel like they're out of control, and that those choices are okay. You know, every action and every choice has its pros and its cons. So even though something may have its cons, that doesn't mean it's necessarily a bad choice. Uh Now, how does your first book differ from your second book? The Actually, the first book, Stop Procrastinating Now, was written after Productive Procrastination. Huh. It's about two-thirds written. So Stop Procrastinating Now is really kind of an addendum to Productive Procrastination. It goes into more detail about destructive procrastination strategies. Huh. So, And when you were just reading some uh, of the information there from Stop Procrastinating Now website, those are some of the strategies named right there. Got it. Yeah. And, okay. mm-hmm, like, you know, don't take yes for an answer. Stop mm-hmm. trying to finish. Yep. Um, yeah. So those are uh, most of the ones you read are, the, are one of the five strategies. Mm. Do you think that procrastination is costing companies billions of dollars a year? Sure it is. And uh, part of it is that people are overwhelmed, and part of it is that the expectations of many workers these days is, is uh, misplaced or is unreasonable or just needs to be looked at because sometimes people, managers, micromanage. So, but at the same time, if, if uh, employees had a way of feeling less overwhelmed, and I give, one of, I give a, a, an excellent exercise. I just did it with a client right before I got on the call with you. Uh, called Dissolving Overwhelm. If they can dissolve their overwhelm so that it stops uh, really draining their energy, then they can be a lot more productive. So there are a lot of tools for people who are in the workplace. Um, Procrastination is definitely an issue. Email is definitely an issue. I know there are a lot of companies out there now making a no-email Friday. Um, If companies can really work with their employees to understand what causes procrastination and then to nip it, at the root, rather than trying to create strategies that are band-aids on the on the symptom rather than the source of it. Hmm. Tell us a little bit about your 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 uh, your green homeowner stance and your thoughts there, and your particularly your your master's degree in social uh, social ecology and what that's um, brought for you in understanding the the problems of the environment and how you want to help be part of fixing the problems. Sure. Well, I've always been a huge animal and nature lover and um, have a, a great respect uh, for that whole part of the world that a lot of people just kind of take for granted. And social ecology, when, when I graduated with my bachelor's degree in, from college, the school where I was going was offering social ecology as a master's program, and I jumped at the chance to take it. So two weeks after I graduated, I was in the program. 
And it was a way, social ecology is really the study of human and, um, and non-human systems and, and human and non, you know, human and non-human, the integration of the two systems that are, will lead to more sustainable and happier, um, functioning on the planet. So whether it's people to people, people to animals, animals to people, uh, the way we conduct ourselves, both in terms of technology, in terms of processes, in terms of resource utilization, in terms of communication, in terms of our social structures, and uh, et cetera. So that's what social ecology is. And, um, you know, when I graduated, that and 25 cents or 50 cents would get me a cup of coffee because it was a new administration and uh, alternative energy and that kind of thing was no longer... You know, that went sort of underground for about 20 years. Hmm. But I've always had that wish. We have some property in upstate New York, and I, I wanted to make it a center for education, environmental education, which didn't happen. But a number of years later, I was looking to um, – I've always been wanting to live in a, in a green community. So I was doing some research, and I found this place that had been uh, awarded the designation of a green community in Florida. So I went to the website, and they call themselves environmentally intelligent, and I came and visited, and I loved what I saw, although I have to say there is some environmental stupidity here. Hmm. But um, the community has 11,000 acres, and they are setting aside 6,600 of it for conservation. Mm-hmm. They're not allowing any development around their two 500-acre lakes. They're requiring a buffer zone to keep the lakes clean. They're not allowing any gas-powered engines on the lakes. All the homes are Energy Star certified. They have um, animal interaction and conservation policies that residents are required to comply with. There are um, um, dog parks around, which is not really necessarily environmentally intelligent, but there's a golf course on the community, but it was designed to be a wildlife preserve as well as a golf course. So these are just some of the aspects of the green community. I know I'm, I know I'm missing a bunch of them, but um, if anybody wants to find out about it, it's at HarmonyFL.com. It's in Harmony, Florida. Harmony, Evans and Frank, Ellis and Linda. So I moved down here, and um, I wanted to be exemplary, and I wanted to reduce my footprint, and so I incorporated a number of um, green building components and the most recent of which is a, an electric generation photovoltaic system. Mm-hmm. So that generates about, at certain times of the year, it generates more than half of my electricity. Hmm. This time of year, it's generating more than half of the electricity that we use here. Wow. What was the cost and, for the install? And, and, and again, if, when people are listening, it's called a solar photovoltaic Photovoltaic system. Photovoltaic system, okay. Right. Photo as in sun, photo as in light, voltaic system. So, uh, What is it and how does it work? Well, there are solar panels on the roof, and they're hooked into my electric system, including into the grid. And when the sun is shining, they convert the sun to electricity, and they pump the electricity into into, um, uh, what's called an inverter. And the inverter then... Uh, pushes it back either into my house or into the grid. In other words, the grid is the electric company. Uh-huh. 
So when it runs backwards, I'm actually pushing. When it was, at some times of the day when the sun's bright, and I'm not, my house isn't using much electricity, I'm pumping electricity back into the system, hmm. which is really cool. Yeah. What's the so cost of the system, and does it work in cold-weather climates? It can definitely work in cold-weather climates where there's adequate sun. And um, the cost for my system was uh, I got a 4.8 kilowatt system, which produces a fair amount of electricity. I have a relatively big house. And that cost me $48,000, which is a lot of money, but I got 19200 of it back from the state. Neat. And then... I'll be getting a, a federal tax credit against what I spent as well. So it's not something you do to make money. It'll take probably 15 or more years for the system to pay itself off. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, I'm not using as much electricity that's generated using fossil fuels. Mm-hmm. I'm pumping uh, electricity back into the system. Mm-hmm. And as the price for photovoltaic comes down, and it's gone down since I put my system in last year. Mm-hmm. I, when I put it in, the cost for installed photovoltaic was about $10 um, a watt. Mm-hmm. Now it's down to about $8 a watt. That's about a 20% drop. Yeah. So as more and more people put in these kinds of systems, the cost will go down because production will go up, and so, you know, uh, it'll be scalable. I mean, it'll be, you know, reduced cost. So, um, you know, this is the way people can really, you know, obviously if they change to um, compact fluorescent lights and they conserve on their water and they, you know, turn out lights and they they keep things unplugged that they don't generally use um, and other conservation efforts, you know, we can save a lot of power. Mm -hmm. What are some of the policies for compliance in the community? I'm just curious. Well, one of the things we can't do is feed the animals. You know, feed any wild animals. Mm-hmm. That's one policy. We can't put out poison to poison animals. Mm-hmm. As in fertilizer? Um, I'm sorry, what about fertilizer? As in, yeah, natural only fertilizer? Well, no, they don't uh, make us comply with that kind of thing. Um, but we're not allowed to put out any kind of you know, rat poison or, you know, there are, in Florida there are armadillos and they have a tendency to dig up people's gardens mm-hmm. <laughs> and there are also rabbits that dig holes. So some people might want to put out poison and that's not allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're not allowed to, say, dump, um, uh, you're not allowed to wash your car with phosphates on the street, you know, with some kind of phosphate containing um, car wash solution. Mm-hmm on the street because it it goes into our water system. Mm -hmm. You're not allowed to um, change your oil on the street either Mm -hmm. because that goes into the system and it's very toxic to fish and other wildlife. What sort of community observations have you made in in, in your community? Are people really gung-ho about this and talking about the electricity or the lights off at night, for example, <laughs> save electricity and the street lights, the, the homeowners, you know, lights. Not and, uh, everybody buys in here, Byron, because of the environmental aspect. There are a number of wonderful amenities in the community, like we're kind of out in the country 